Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm, I'm great. Ha- uh, happy Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese uh, New Year. You're the tiger. We did our, we had our Chinese New Year celebration tonight, which some people were think we're joking. We are not. We it was a real celebration. actually uh, attended a Chinese New Year celebration mm-hmm. at dumplings, my house. Dumplings and tea. Yeah. And lanterns. And lanterns. And a and a and a dragon dance. Lion dance? Dragon dance? I think it was a lion dance, but yeah, I, it was could, a lion I, dance. I wasn't present for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean it was serious shit. It serious. was. So our children attended Chinese new uh Chinese emergent school. So uh we celebrate Chinese holidays such as Chinese New Year in our houses uh, houses. And now we're gonna take the month off from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what betty was like it's why do why do we have to go to school on chinese new year we're chinese school and i was like well betty it's because you get all these non-chinese holidays off yeah. you think they get president's day do, off <laughs> do you want to trade in some of those for chinese new year and she's like no i want to i think we should get both yeah, well me too yeah, you stupid kid yeah i also i want to retain my american wages yeah. <laughs> <laughs> andrew how are you uh, i'm Good. I was a. It's been a bit of a long week. We had a, you know, another baby disease come home from the daycare. So, mm. been struggling with mm-hmm. the sick kid. And I, I found mm-hmm. I since I had COVID, I tend to get more sick from little stuff. I don't just get like a two day cold anymore. I got hand, foot, and mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, that was. So anyway, I'm on the mend from that, and just kind of bitter about getting a baby disease. Nobody else in the house got like the baby got sick, and I got sick. Sam, Sam called it gingivitis because he's also a little gingery. And, he is a little gingery. Uh, so she called it our gingivitis. And I was that's like, well, funny. that's not very funny. But no, no, it's no, also no, no. possible. That's really it's, funny. It was maybe gingivitis. So <laughs> yeah. Other than that, you know, doing good. Hanging in there. It was fun to do a, a brief for me. Chinese New Year celebration. And I'm glad the kids got to participate. Well, and we'd be remiss not to ask our guest how he's doing because uh, Brett Williams, uh, one of our favorite guests and one of our most, at this point, one of our most prolific guests. Yeah. Brett Williams is joining us to talk uh, tonight, not about his own watches, although although we could at some point talk about his watches, but to talk about other watches. And because Br- Brett is an expert on film, or at least, or at least as close to an expert as we're ever going to get. <laughs> relatively, compared to us, an expert on film, we decided it would be a lot of fun to have Brett come and join us to talk about watches of all of our favorite new shows for all mankind. Brett, welcome. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a, an overcast day down here. Um, and down here being South Africa. Down, sorry, down here. I'm way down in the South. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> way down. Um, yeah, it's it's actually beautiful. The, the clouds are coming over the mountain. It's nice and cool because it's been so incredibly hot, like horrifically hot. Yeah, as you say, we hot. talked yesterday about this time, a little bit earlier than this, and it was yeah, 88 man. degrees Fahrenheit. Is It's cooler yeah. than today. It, it, it's cooler today, but like two weeks ago, um, where I live was the hottest place on earth. Fuck Like that. literally. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, you said like it 115 <laughs> Fahrenheit, which that's yeah. hot. Andrew and I have both spent time in 115 degree. Sustained. Yeah. Sustained 115 degree, and it's terrible. It's unpleasant. It's it's horrible. You you sweat in places you didn't know you could sweat. Yeah. It's uh it's it's pretty nasty, you know? Yeah, and just yeah. constant, miserable and 
I used to get reverse seasonal affective disorder like in August. I would just, I would get, when I lived in Central Texas and it was hot like that all the time, yeah. I, I would get sad at the end of summer because I was like, I just want to remember what it's like to feel cold. I just, just like, I don't want to be hot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but when I was at the National Training Center, which is in the desert, basically Death Valley, which Lahavi. is literally the hottest place on earth on average. Um, and the national training center is there. Uh, when we got there, my, I was with a cavalry brigade and we didn't have supply of ice for some reason, somebody screwed something up and we didn't have ice for four days. So, uh, I can, I can distinctly remember to this day, I can remember there was a Gatorade, like one of those orange Gatorade jugs on the back of a Humvee. So you've got these trainers out there and I saw this orange and you could just like see like the cold kind of like emanating off of this thing, the sweat. And I went over and I, I was like, man, let me, let me get it. Let me hit that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can have some. Don't tell anybody. And I, and I opened the spigot up to pour it in. I had, you know, a canteen cup, like an army canteen cup. And I opened up the spigot and I could feel the cold from like six inches away. And it was the most you know after like five days of 115 116 degrees all day and then like 90 a, at night yeah a cool <laughs> 98 at night uh it was i, I mean the sensation like I, I could like feel just the cold air spreading on my skin and it was the most wonderful thing of all time that's why i've been making margaritas like half to drink them and the rest of the time i just hold it under my face and blow into it <laughs> just, just gets a reflection of the cool <laughs> i'm like please anything like any respite it's been it's been insane but um yeah, it's calmed down and it's still a bit humid, but uh, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I went for a run last night. It was like 30 something, really still pretty hot, but um, it gave me an excuse to take my shirt off. There it is. You know? Yeah. yeah do you, do like, you, I mean, do you even need an excuse? Just take that shirt off. I'm middle-aged. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. But um, all the yeah. more reason, you know, I'm middle-aged and fat and I still take it off <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way to go. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to follow your advice from now on. Yeah, just take it off. I'm just Everett. Everett told me to do it. <laughs> he he hosts a really big show. You never heard of him? People know of him. <laughs> so so yeah, man. Um, I thought that you know everyone everyone always talks about ah oh, the the Omega and the Rolex in films, and I thought would be cool to do something different, which is why I sort of pitched a very cool show to you that you guys both know, which you also think is very cool. Yeah. So I'm not sure Andrew's watched a ton of it. I've, I'm totally caught up. I'm only aware of, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't, I haven't copped for Apple TV. I know. I do think it's like my favorite current running show. Maybe Ozark also though. I really like Ozark, but between Ozark and I mean, it's just wonderful. I've, I've loved every minute of it. And as you said, you don't want to talk about Omega. We can just say up front, there are a lot of Speedmasters in this show. Shocking. Yeah. There are yeah. A, a lot, lot of Speedmasters. So we're not going to talk about the Speedmaster because people have talked about the Speedmaster ad nauseum, especially related to space. This is mm. 
a, a wacky universe. We've talked about the plot, basic plot mm-hmm. on the show. So sort of alternate universe. I don't I don't want to break the triggering event of the alternate universe because it's kind of a spoiler, but it's an alternate universe space story. And it but it has really good more or less period correct watches. A ton of them. And so we're going to talk about some yeah. of those today. Yeah, it's a historical it's it, alternate history, you know, which is which is fascinating. And there's so many cool watches that um, I think people don't know about because everybody is um, b- because the other the big two get all the limelight, you know. Yeah. So so I yeah I mean I I like and now when me, you say, when you say the big two yeah so we got the Speedmaster what what do you what what's your other big two in this so obviously not as a space watch but rolex just as a brand just gets so much exposure and and so that's what everybody knows you know and and kudos to like hodinky and worn and wound as well for for kind of highlighting the lesser known space watches Mm -hmm. but i think i think you know we've got some kind of like kooky cool like pieces in there to talk about yeah, I, I mean, we, we've talked about some other space watches on this show, and I think that there's a lot of publications that are really doing a good job covering the the non-speedy space watches. But these watches, except for one of them, actually two of them, these are not necessarily space watches. Not no, necessarily no. what I would call space watches. So No, no, definitely. And, and just as some like... <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of background, like, you know, when I work on films and stuff, the watches I get <laughs> are not necessarily uh, brand watches and not, don't necessarily work. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that um, when, when these big productions take place, they do actually invest in original timepieces. You know, it's, yeah. they, they go for authenticity. I mean, I worked, I worked on, a film about Jacques Cousteau and I was so excited about the watches and then I got them and I was like, Oh my God, what I don't even the know what this is. fuck is this? What is this? <laughs> is the vessel from this watch? <laughs> you know, it's like super weird, but um, yeah. You, you know, I think so, that yeah. there's uh, uh so I, I don't know how much carryover there is from, you know, city to city. I think that there's this idea in Hollywood that the good movies have good watch props or or other props but then generally speaking like like rolexes and movies are oftentimes not rolexes they're they're perhaps replicas or even like specially crafted prop replicas so not like canal street watches but something that a prop master procures from someone who makes prop specific replicas or they're owned by the actor or they're owned by the actors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, or like, in uh, I don't know if you've seen, don't look up the RM is fake for obvious reasons. Yes. That tracks, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. And that character is, is the guy who would wear a fake Richard meal too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It, 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 it was on purpose. Perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect yeah, I, prop selection. I actually didn't even think about that, but that is like spot on. His character would so wear a fake RM. You, you know, you his know. bag, his bag too, it's sort of a famous style of bag. And it's obviously, it's clearly fake as well. And the people who are making that show must have known that it was an obvious fake. So I think it, they probably sought it out because, I mean, yeah. I think Jonah Hill could have probably made those things. He probably owns those things. Perhaps. When I yeah. saw the, the, the RM at a distance, I was like, 
I bet that's his. And then we get a little closer, like, nah, yeah. that's not real. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really perfect, a really perfect. Do you choice. do you think Jonah Hill would wear an RM? I don't. I, I don't know if I'd put it past him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's kind of one of those hypey. Uh, he he's he's into hypey stuff. So maybe. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He started surfing. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like bleached blonde hair, and he's I, I, he's like quite a wacky, strange dude. Like, like I'm kind of fascinated with him. I can't kind of pin him down, you know. Yeah. But um, he, you know, he's I, I wouldn't call him a physical comedian, but his his expression is particularly physical, and I think he's talented. I think he's underrated in, in terms of his his ability to convey sort of that comedic moment. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, he's. Uh, 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 there's another show he was in that I, I just uh, I can't even remember. But anyway, I feel like I'm sidetracking, um, majorly sidetracking here. So um, yeah, how should we get into the watches? Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, wh- start us off. Wh- which one of these? So we've got a list of watches here. Everything okay. will be linked in the show notes, you guys. Um, but we can take them in any order you want because I don't think that they're the order of these is particularly uh, uh, expensive at this point. So. No. lead us off cool but i think we should start like at let's let's start at the probably bottom of the range so um there's a character named margot madison played by ren schmidt um who's one of my favorite first... f- favorite characters in any show ever i do love Margot yeah. Madison. she's so ballsy and cool and she's one of those characters that you just root for because you know she's so like driven you know, she stands um, up to Werner von Braun in in the most <laughs> epic way ever. She does, uh, like no spoilers, but like she is. There's, that's a complicated relationship. It is, if ever there was a complicated relationship. But she did it right. Uh, yeah, I think you know, as an actress, she's great, and her accent is just as as a non-US person. I just love her accent. She's got that like Southern. I don't know if it's Texan or. Um, I don't know where it, it sounds very Southern and it's, it's really gutsy. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of that, that mid South, Midwest South, Southern Midwestern, like real casual accent. Yeah. It's the kind of accent where non-Americans try to do American and they always end up doing that kind of weird mishmash and hers is just like, she's just cool. She's just, she's a very cool character. I think like they fleshed her out really well in, in the writing and stuff. And so she's in quite a, yeah, I have to, I can't spoil anything. That's okay. That's okay. You know, she, she's the first, um, the first woman in mission control. Yeah. And she wears quite a, a cool little timepiece that's based on sort of a mil spec 24 hour watcher, um, I I think I did a lot of research on this and I couldn't say for exact sure, but, but it looks like a, um, a Timex bullseye Sprite. I think that's what it is. is. There's a lot of people that agree with you. Yeah. And it's, it's a cool little watch, you know, it's got those like seventies color scheme. It's like a roulette style. Yeah. There's a Todd Snyder. There's a Todd Mm -hmm. Snyder re-release of this that came out a few years ago. It's quite a bit bigger, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so based on the like sort of seventies mil specs that Timex never really made. Yeah, <laughs> I know they totally missed out on that. It's like so. I think they made for the military, right? 
Yeah. So it was that we, we've talked about these specs and I'm going to blunder them. I think the, uh, whatever, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to throw a number out, but yeah, it was one of the later mill specs and Timex was right there. And I think they maybe made them for like a month or two months, but then, but then essentially didn't, but they still had all the dyes and everything. And so I think what we see is in the seventies, them releasing these military inspired watches as Timex sort of began its slow descent into the affordable non-technical post-World War II, you know, Timex was just hanging on in some ways yeah. and incredibly successful in others, but you know, they really sort of stopped being the tool watch and started being the ultra affordable consumer watch. And so these and the, were not military watches. They were in military inspired watches. Yeah. The cool thing is it's not a woman's watch. Yeah. It's a, it's a unis, I would assume a unisex, but at the time, probably a man's watch. Um, yeah, like 34 ish millimeters, right? Well, I mean, back then men had like much smaller wrists, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that. Yeah. It's it's a weird evolutionary thing. I don't know how it how it happened that we just got bigger and bigger. Because our watches kept getting bigger, and we needed to grow to match them. <laughs> fifty mils, yeah. 50, you know, fifty by fifty. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, she's a great character. I, look, I think everyone in that show is a great character, and I, I may be wrong, but the writer of the show also wrote Battlestar Galactica. Ah, I, the I reboot. I, I don't know that. I'm I'm sure that that there's some crossover there though yeah yeah ronald ronald d moore um so so the next watch there's another character and so um i don't know if you if if anyone knows but they there actually was a space program for women during the original astronaut program the original mercury uh, program yeah the original mercury program and there were 13 women who were selected to go to space and event and and it was a private it was done privately i think it was sanctioned originally then done privately they outperformed the men in some in in many many ways and um unfortunately that all got uh canceled you swept basically. under the rug even yeah Canc i mean canceled sign of the times the <laughs> you know was not not Cancel culture, but canceled. So before you introduce this character, let's talk a little bit about the way the show is set up because it's there's. I actually think somebody is going to write a book about the way they set this show up at some point, or there's going to be some studies because I think they've done some clever things, but they've preserved some historical characters. Hmm. Just whole whole cloth. Uh, you, you know, Deke Slayton is a real human being, and and Deke Slayton is a character in this show, and they do drastically different things um um in the show and in real life some of that is context but both incredibly important people to the space program both of them have a heart condition right but they're but the role they play is different but then there's other characters there's a character in this show called gordo who's not the gordo that we expect and all know it's not gordo cooper but instead Gordo Stevens, and he's an amalgamation of several people in an amalgam of several people in the space program. And you can sort of, if, if you know your space history, you can sort of pull out parts of the character at different times, parts of the real people into the character. Uh, so they've done, they've made interesting choices. Um, but you're about to talk about Molly Cobb. Molly Cobb is 
based on a cob, not Molly, but a cob. Yeah. From that so, Mercury 13, those 13 women in that original Mercury program. Exactly. So she, Molly Cobb's based on Jerry Cobb, who was an original astronaut trainee. And um, her, I mean, her character, I don't know, all the characters are so beautifully formed. You know, her character is like really <laughs> tough and cynical about this whole thing as you would be, you've been trained before and then they sort of bring you back and you're like, well, this is all going to snafu again. It's going to, you know, it's a publicity stunt, but she, she's such a great integral character yeah. into the whole arc of the story. Um, yeah. And again, and she's, it's really interesting. They turn the characters on their heads, especially in the time period. I mean, I can't go into it too much because of spoilers, but the, the, the show is really intricately, um, intricately, intricately written so that every single character has archetypal um, sort, of, sort of aspects that you recognize and then they turn that on its head. It's really, it's fascinating. So her, it, her watch that I found was actually a digital watch. So I think it comes in season two and it's a Seiko AA27 yacht timer. Yeah. You know, uh, which it's, is a, it's a, which is like a plastic digital Timex looking watch. It, it's yeah, very Timex it, looking, right? It's also like red, red and black, and um, and it's a yacht timer. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so cool about it. It's not even an astronaut watch. You know, it's just a tool that they use. Um, it's not flashy. You can buy them on eBay. A couple uh, hundred bucks, two hundred, three hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure the Seiko guys are like mad for them. I yeah. think it's, I think it's pretty cool. There's a retro kind of, a, a retro piece. It's it probably doesn't get a lot of airtime, yeah, compared to everything else. I think that's pretty cool. You know, you, you know, so Molly's kind of butch, clearly super, yeah. ath super athletic, um, you, you know, super competitive, she, super competitive. She's this like, you, you know, if you if you can imagine like you know a, a triathlete or something right she's just like one of these people that's gonna beat you up the hill beat you back down the hill and then beat you to dinner uh and and then and then you know shotgun beers faster than you at dinner right and so the watch just matches her personality so so perfectly and i think more than any other watch in the show it's the one that drew my eye right you see the speedies it's like oh he's wearing a speedy mm. um you, you see uh uh, you, you see Margot's watch, but but Molly's watch is the one that really I was like, what is that? I and, and and furthermore, where can I get one? Because that's awesome. It's yeah, just a exactly. perfect watch. The character, the character and the watch line up perfectly. Both of these yeah, watches been have been pure Everett watches. <laughs> Little quirky. <laughs> they they kind of they fit, they're normal, they're what you expect of a watch, but they're just a touch quirky. Mm-hmm. She does wear a speedy early on, and it's just like you know. You see, the weird thing is, you see a speedy in a space film, and it's no big deal, right? You should see it. That's where you so expect synonymous. to see it. Yeah, yeah. But when they, when they, you know, when they do something interesting, like the yacht timer, it, it, you know, if you're into watches, it really draws your eye. You know, it's something different. So somebody, I hope, knew what they were doing. Because not everyone in Mission Control is going to be wearing a Speedmaster. I'm I'm pretty sure Omega doesn't just hand those out at NASA. Like it's not part of your welcome onboarding packet. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be, no. but I wouldn't expect so. Yeah, the calculators <laughs> didn't get issued. Yeah, yeah. 
you, you know, I mean, that would be quite nice. So, so we we've gone through like the late so we start the show in the late sixties. We've gone through the seventies at this point. I think we've gone through like nineteen eighty five or mm. nineteen eighty two. So, I think the next season we're probably going to make another jump and be into the nineties. And I'm really curious about. I think it's going to you know if they do it right, we're going to start to see a lot of G shocks. Yeah, that I, I think if they. You know, but yeah, it's again synonymous with military as well because it's space. Um, there's two seasons. The third season, I think, has been greenlit. Yes. Uh, I I have a feeling that the third season may take a massive jump, uh, a massive jump. But we'll have to wait and see. So no no spoilers, you know? but but we have not, you here, yeah. and and I want to ask you: Were you mm. crushed? At the end of season two, because I was like actually I cried, crushed. Okay, uh, oh, okay. So Andrew hasn't seen it. I haven't. Andrew hasn't seen it. Yeah, and maybe to, some of the people at home haven't seen it. So without without spoiling it, that's um, so weird. I'm, I'm like tearing up. Seriously, <laughs> I was like, it's, you got to be fucking joking me. Um, there was. A- yeah, there was a part of me where it was like fully emotional, and the next part was like I'm going to quickly research this on, you know, on Google. There was a whole lot going on. It's a lot to like take in, and fucking badass. And badass. Oh, okay. Watches. <laughs> yes. Okay. Back to watches. Back to watches. So your next watch. I love this watch. I don't know anything about this specific version, but. Suffice to say, there are some Russians mm. in this show. Russia plays an incredibly important role in this show. The Cold War is ongoing to where we are in the show now. So you, you so mid eighties, we're still Cold War, and and the Cold War is not seeming seemingly not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um. But there are some pretty cool Russian watches in this show, and you've picked out two. And I think you brought—I think you brought a couple good options. Yeah, um, I I reached out to an actor that I've worked with a couple of times who's in the show, and unfortunately, he's not—I don't think he's into watches. So he was like, "I really, I really don't remember." And then, like, <laughs> take pictures, randomly, bro. I know it's like send me wrist shots, man. To- totally randomly, I found this website that sells watches but also rents them out to to film companies so there were two watches on there and i just assumed made a snap judgment went he wears this one or this one so the first one is actually uh i'm gonna get it wrong but is it Vostok? Vostok. Boktok, actually andrew says says early on in the show we said vostok and then someone said that's not how you say it it's vostok yeah I don't yeah. speak Russian. So it's a Vostok amphibia. It's a Vostok. A Vostok. 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 Yeah. Vostok. Yeah. 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 Maybe, um, maybe in South Africa you can get away with bad pronunciation. Carry on. Yeah. Right? Well, we, we would say Vostok. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> um, so that watch is really cool. Uh, it's it's definitely styled after a, um, an Omega Seamaster 200. Yeah. So what do we do? We call this a banana dial, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's like... Um, in canon 
but yeah, it's colloquially we colloquially known we've as done the it. banana dial, right? So this is we've, sort of like a yeah. gray, like a sector dial. I'd call this a sector dial with a yeah, gray outer portion and a really bright yellow inner portion. Yeah, with um, yellow and yellow and black indices essentially. Yeah. Um, it's really pretty, and it doesn't look very big. It's mechanical. Um, you know, it's I've actually got the specs right here i think i have the specs otherwise that would be really embarrassing ah look i don't i don't have the specs but i i um i really like this watch it's it's really pretty i know uh, i'm also going to get this pronunciation wrong crepas crepas the spanish microbrand watch company bought out a um an homage to the omega banana mm -hmm. and they look very 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 similar um you know it is a dive mm -hmm. watch it's a dive watch in space. Cl clearly, uh, yeah. I think this is the. I I think this is like either the one hundred case or perhaps a one twenty case. Either one's about. Either way, it's yeah. about forty one millimeters, mm. um, case by forty eight millimeters lug to lug. Both of those cases have roughly the same dimensions, so not huge. Dive watch though dive watch yeah and it's you know it's um the bezels all uh all the markers are black until you get to the 40 the 40 minute mark all the way up to 60 and then it's red and it's just i think it's really sweet and cute and you know if i can say that about a space dive watch hell yeah you can a, man it, and it's super vast cool it's just super soviet russia super soviet russia it's cool i mean i when i remember going to india in the 90s and there were loads of Soviet, you could buy a lot of Soviet um, pilot watches in India. They just had them for sale everywhere. I, did, I didn't end up buying one, but I wish I had now. Yeah, yeah I bet you, you know? do. Yeah. It wouldn't it's be history. worth anything, but it'd be still cool. No. It wouldn't work. <laughs> it would be cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. These, yeah, I think it'd still work. It'd just run. It'd just not be worth anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that's what's kind of cool. I mean, the next watch, the next watch, is like really cool because that actually says "Made in USSR," yeah. and I love that stuff. You know, that real Cold War stuff. So that's the Seconda, Seconda, um, and that's a Chrono, but uh, it's a it's it's sort of a it, it's a two it's a two subdial Chrono black um it's a 36 millimeter case it's got loom bizarrely it's got a pole shot 3017 column wheel chronograph movement but what's really interesting about it is it's got a telemeter scale on it on the inner track yeah uh, and i had to research that because i'm not i was never very good at maths so this this watch is a pure it's for you pilot yeah. it's it's for me i you know i could spend hours just trying to work it out um it was it was developed for russian air force officers and party members and government members and actually used by several com uh, cosmonauts but the telemeter scale is used to measure distance separating an observer from a phenomenon which is first visible and then audible so we mm -hmm. did a we, I don't know we did a complications episode not too long ago and yeah. it, was it was a bezel complications that we did yeah it it was that's right mm -hmm. it, and it was uh one of these things uh, you know uh, 
one of the things that people have been listening to listening to the show for a long time probably realize is that we are learning about watches in real time as we make this show. So we're 171 episodes, I think, as of today. Um, that and is 171 instances of us learning something. So every time, pretty much every time we talk about something on the show, we've just learned. So people say, ah, I'm, I'm really impressed by how much you guys know about watches. It's like, well... We we didn't know those things about watches until we were, you know. So we both sort of discovered the telemeter scale in real time as we were prepping for that show. And it was like, this is so freaking cool. And duh, it works. And, right? and duh, it's so simple. Yeah. This is so simple. So this watch, if you're not looking for the vintage version, Strella. Yeah, so Strella. Strella Seconda is sort of the same deal. It consolidated all of these uh, really classic models, and it's still available as the uh, the Cosmos. I don't know. Is it still a thirty seventeen column wheel though? I, I, uh, it's probably not. Some of them are thirty seventeens, um, but currently it's using a yeah thirty seventeen or it resembles a thirty seventeen. It's using an st nineteen forty. It's it's using an st nineteen. Some of them are using resembles um, a thirty seventeen. Some of them are I think are still using Pouillot movements, but. Um, yeah, so the Poyot 3017 is a Venus, yeah. I think a Venus 150, but yeah. really just a amazing, an amazing movement. And I think that architecture still lives in Siegel. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I did get that pronunciation wrong as well. Which one? I think I said Poljot. Po- Poljot. Yeah, po- Poljot. Poljot. My, my friend Poljot. It's a great, I mean, I like this watch because it's it's kind of dressy and, and it's, it's a piece of history and you can pick them up for the very small price of $1450 not $14.50 but $1450 yeah for, for india is, in the 90s your call <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for like 20 rupees yeah um which is but, a um, yeah and this is not going to be a tro i mean you you're not going to buy this to be a to be a daily a daily banger right these movements no. are old they yeah. were not incredibly well made when they were when they were first manufactured, and over time, they, I mean, you're you're gonna you're if you buy this, you're buying it because you like the idea of it, or because you're a watchmaker and you can fix it when it breaks yeah. inevitably. Yeah, these were Soviet engineering. Make a ton of parts so that you have plenty of spares. <laughs> <laughs> but it's super, and the dimensions are great, right? Thirty six millimeters. Yeah. I think like forty four on the lug to lug. Um, yeah, it's 14 so millimeters pretty. thick still, but that's a chronograph. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yeah, it's got that little bubble crystal. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's you know, yeah, I suppose you'd buy this because it's a piece of history. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty watch and it's a piece of history. And it's you know, when that case back is open, that that movement is really, really pretty gorgeous and been featured yeah. in For All Mankind and been featured in For All Mankind, exactly. It's uh, it has, and it's. I I like to think that um, my mate Mark. I say my mate. I've had a few conversations with him, uh, but um, I like to think that he wore it. You know, in in episode ten of season one, which is a very cool, cool episode. It ties to quite traumatic events into uh, into that episode. Yeah, yeah, very so, nicely. Again, so your no friend spoilers. Mark. Uh, and his last name, Evanier. Mark Evanier. I knew I was going to mispronounce it. Mark Evanier is an actor. Just Google him. 
you will recognize him. He is a phenomenal character actor. Tons of American film and and television. Um, you know him. You know him. You don't know what you know him from. I, I'm not going to say that I we are buddies or friends. I've worked with him and we've spent time together on set. And we always, weirdly, he works in South Africa a lot. Um, you know, and we just, every time he's here, we sit in his trailer and have a chat and... So, He's Brett, to be cool clear, dude. when I say you know him, I'm talking to the people at home listening. So you have worked with him, but you at yeah. home, you know him. Google Mark Evanier and, mm-hmm. and ask yourself if there's ever been a person who played the Russian more than this guy. He plays the Russian. That's what he plays. He's a character actor. And He's brilliant. a character actor. Yeah. If you've played Call of Duty, you will recognize him. If you've uh, – there's a couple of video games like Wolfenstein – uh where he is um he he's a prominent prominent character the guy is amazing he's 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 a great actor he's a very cool dude he lives in LA and he's originally from um from Israel so yeah he's as you said he's a he's a phenomenal actor and he is the go-to russian dude he's the dude he's the dude <laughs> so we've got one more one more watch we're going to talk about we've talked about an analog quartz watch Mm-hmm. We've talked about actually it was probably a mechanical quartz watch, but it, or a mechan analog mechanical watch. Yes. Nope. We, okay. Yep. There we go. We haven't but talked about a quartz watch. We, yet. We've we've talked about a digital quartz watch. We've we, talked, sorry, we have talked about a digital. Yes. A three hand. A, a three hand automatic. We've talked yeah. about a mechanical chronograph. We have not yet until right now talked about a tuning fork. Accutron movement, but that's all going to change right now because Gordo, not Gordo Cooper, Gordo Stevens in the show prominently wears a Accutron pilot's watch. And it's a wonderful watch that I didn't really know until now when we are prepping for this. Um, but he wears a Bulova Accutron. Nickname astronaut, but really what it is, it's a pilot's watch. Yeah. So I I struggled to um to identify it. And you actually identified it because of the coffin case bracelet. Yeah. And I was I was sort of struggling. I thought it was an Accutron and I looked and I looked and I just and then you were like, oh, it's just the coffin, it's the, on the coffin case bracelet. And I was like, no. Um, but it's a great watch. That watch was um developed f- for the it, let me just get this right okay so it was developed for extreme conditions because the x-15 pilots when they flew to the edge of space would encounter like varying degrees of um heat and cold i think or cold it was it was the watch that was developed to exist in those conditions to min- to, to go um, rapid transitions of temperature and pressure exactly exactly um so it, people loved it i mean there was even a letter <laughs> From one of the one of the pilots to Bolivar to to kind of explain how rad the watch actually was and why it was chosen and um, and it's got some really interesting features. As yet, it's got a tuning fork. It doesn't have a crown. You yeah. actually need need a special tool. That's right. Um, on the back of the case to to set your time and and things like that. I think you know more about this watch than I do, but. Um, I, I kind of researched the military aspect and, and things like that. And it's, it is, uh, battery operated. Yeah. 
Yeah, like most quite difficult to. Yeah. Yeah, like most of these, like most of these Accutron movements, you know, you throw a battery in and you get this incredibly high hertz rate, so these super smooth mm. sweeps, super accurate. Um, the the original Accutrons had problems, right? Which is incredibly accurate, um, beautiful, beautiful sweep. But just because of the high beat rate, because of that, just I can't remember what it is. We've we've talked about it's it on like the 30, show before. Two thousand, but it's way it's yeah. way more than your standard beat rate. And so they've got a ton of you know they're pretty low torque. You just have. Um, you, you just have a ton of versatility with this movement. So this watch is a GMT. So I think I said three hand earlier, but it's actually got a GMT function. Mm-hmm. You've got this 24 hour bezel. It's just, it's just a super cool watch and collectors are, are into this watch, right? You, you know, trying to find one in good condition is a, is a thing. And it's quite a, quite a simple design. There's nothing kind of like, um, kind of like shouting out at you. It's quite a, it's quite a nicely balanced design. I really like it. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm more into mechanical watches, so I haven't really gone down the Actron rabbit hole. Um, but I, I really like it. You know, I think it's, it, I know it's, um, initially it wasn't a, an astronaut watch and then they, they, or it was an astronaut watch. And then, uh, to the public, they actually, um, they released it as as something else, but I, I'm not quite sure. But the, part, the the astronaut is the one that I'm like really interested in because of all the all the history related to it. I just think it's like freaking cool, you know, something that's that's developed for a purpose. Yeah, you know, developed for those guys to to fly to the edges of space. And of course, like the X15 that flew to the edge of space was the the predecessor to the space shuttle. They were testing. They were testing the um, the maneuverability up there, the, the the maneuvering thrust jets and things like that. You know, I think it's like gas gas that they use to like move around because you're you've got no air up there, so you have to use these like little bursts of, of gas. Um, and that's, that's how like, I move around. That's how I move around the house. <laughs> you should have seen him on his little one legged scooter, man. He got around faster than he ran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we the Accutron I think is just one of the most underrated movements. It's one of my favorites. Uh, you, you know, there's maybe some marketing problems there, and maybe some actual. No, it's what they put it in. It's what it's the watches they put it in. That's the problem. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, I, I think it's it's a chronically underrated movement. You know, we we and and yeah, we wax poetic about spring drive. Um, but, and when I say we, I mean the, the broader we, but Accutron mm-hmm. is some pretty, and, and the new Accutron technology, really good too. So, um, yeah, maybe, you know, we, we've talked about Accutron on the show before, but yeah. maybe, maybe some more unpacking at some point. Cause it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool concept and execution is historically been really wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's the first American watch in space as well. Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Essentially. You know, that's right. Yeah. I love it. I love the little like bubble crystal and the lugs are really interesting. Um, it's weird. It's interesting. It's actually some of them have got like a Ming style lug. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's sort of, the, I think they all do. A- appears to curve outward at the end. Yeah. I think that yeah. might be, I think that might be optical illusion, but I, I think the way the, Oh, I see what you, yeah, it, 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 because of the angle of the lugs, because it's not a straight lug mm-hmm, at the top, yeah. it, it does kind of, 
um, lend lend itself to that. But it's just such a pretty watch, you know. It's like I don't know. I would I would give up my child for that watch. Probably not. Maybe. So five watches from for all mankind. Space a, a space show with space watches. We by and large managed to avoid talking about Omega. So yay for us. But we've got a bonus here. And in the interest of spreading our wings, taking advantage of you being here, we've all picked a watch, a favorite watch from film and or cinema that's not related to For All Mankind. This was inspired by your, this section was inspired by a pick you had suggested was something else you wanted to talk about. I was like, shit, that's great. Let's talk about it. So I'd like to, if we can, just start with you, Brett, because you've picked, I think, the coolest of these three watches, perhaps. Um, I, yeah, I, I was a big fan of, um, you know, I grew up, I like grew up in the 80s and there's just one mustache from the 80s that's carried on through and that's you know magnum pi if, if anyone's had a mustache that burt reynolds was cool but magnum pi he learned it like from magnum rocked, pi yeah he, he just rocked a mustache and he was like so cool he was you know living in hawaii driving ferrari wearing hawaiian shirts he was like ultra ultra casual right and you've kind of got a little bit of a magnum pi thing going on do I? I think you do. I, I think you might be right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, actually, you know, now that the microphone is um, over your chin, I definitely can see a Magnum PI in you. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> no one it's has really... ever said that before. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, he, I mean, Magnum PI was probably like one of the biggest TV shows in the eighties. He was. He was a. He, he was a character who sort of lived outside of what you would consider a normal cop show, even though he was an investigator. They were all ex-NAM guys, and he had a really interesting watch that, again, the wardrobe department gave him to wear. And eventually, at the end of the show, they gave it to him. You'd uh, hope so. so. He I mean, had, he'd, he'd sweat well, a lot he, in that yeah. watch. I think... The reason that the bezel has got so much patina is because of, you know, it's just all Magnum PIs sort of like sweat and manliness. Yeah, no, everybody knows that manliness. pheromones will accelerate the patina. So you've got to tell and us what mustaches the watch accelerate is. pheromones. So we're talking about this yeah. watch. You have to exactly. tell us what the watch is, Brad. Okay. So I wasn't going to talk about Rolex, but it is a Rolex. It's a GMT Master Reference 1675 Pepsi. And it's just, it's just cool. I mean, it's, I, I've never really been into a Pepsi because I think because of my color blindness, the, the red doesn't really pop for me. Um, but it's, it's just cool. It's got the, the, the slender lugs. It's, it's a beautiful looking watch. And I think it's such a cool parting gift. You know, he's still got it today, apparently. It's, it's a cool parting gift. I mean, if I worked on a show and there was a watch that I really enjoyed, I would hope that it would be given to me. It's obviously it's, you know, it's, it's a GMT master. It's, it's a great, great, great looking watch. Um, the Pepsi bezel is, is cool. If I, I put my uh, color correcting sunglasses on the other day and it did pop. So, <laughs> so it is cool. I so, wish, you know, there's a problem. Gonna... 
There's a problem uh. with this watch from the show. So the run of the 1675, if I if I recall, it was from 1980 to 1988, which is exactly the same as the run of Magnum PI. And so mm-hmm. it's probably a coincidence, but the story in the show is that his dad wore this watch and gave it to him when his dad died, mm. but it doesn't work because of the <laughs> yeah. timeline. Unless his dad died immediately after getting it. Right. <laughs> so his dad <laughs> bought the watch, croaked, and this is like, here exactly. you go. It's, it's, it's completely, completely believable. He, um, it was also the know, 80s. There was no it. Google. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He wore the watch. It was a lot harder a to fact check this shit. Yeah. It just came out. He bought it, died in a tragic spearfishing accident, and Magnum uh, Magnum retrieved it. And, you, and know? you know, we internet, we modern internet sleuths. So there was a GMT master that came before that, but the internet has figured out that this is certainly a 1675 because of where the 24 hour time, where the 24 hour hand sits in relation to the yeah minute and hour hand, but. Uh yeah, that's a fun little fact. Now you know. Yeah, they switched they switched the um uh the hands basically. Um where the GMT you know where they hands. sit on top yeah. of one another. Yeah. 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 Internet sleuths are the know. worst. And the best. <laughs> the worst it's and totally the best. Can we agree on that? Pick. At the very I, least. I'm looking at one on uh on Bob's watches right now. There's three people also looking at it. <laughs> right now. It says three people viewing. $20,000 with a good patina on the red. It's almost, it's not red. It's pink at best. It's, yeah. it's like a very soft pink. Get that? Grow a mustache? I can do neither of those things. Panties will drop. My mustache, is, <laughs> my mustache looks as if my eyebrows just fell beneath, beneath my nose. <laughs> it doesn't connect. <laughs> Mortgage your house, buy a red Ferrari. Yeah. You're, you're in there. My wife's gone. I can make the decisions <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, there's no consequences. I like, the, I, I like the patina on those watches. I actually prefer it. Um, you know, every time a Rolex is on Chrono 24 or, or that I take a look at, I love I love a worn a worn watch. Yeah, you know, there's just something about it. It's I don't know. I don't. It's not precious, and it's been worn and it's seen history. And I I really like that kind of stuff personally. Yeah, we have a friend Xander who collects uh, vintage Seiko. He wouldn't say he collects vintage Seiko. He collects vintage Seiko, and uh, he always has watches that are just like lived in. I'm like man, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't pay money for this. He's like, yeah, I got this. It doesn't work, but I love it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah. He he does a good job getting them on deals, though. He's yeah. he's he's gotten some smoking deals, but he's always got cool vintage Seiko. Yeah, for sure. Like real lived in, just fucked up yeah. Seiko. But not, but but also like well preserved and in good shape and running and all the mm-hmm. stuff you need it to do. So sometimes. Andrew, you got a fun watch. I do, and and this I still ch- watch that I own. I, you do own it precisely and, for the reasons that you're about. And, to talk and I about. chose I chose the AMW three twenty, and and the AMW three twenty, outside of the big, the big brands, you know, the Speedmasters, the Datejusts, the OPs, the Speedies. Take your pick of the super iconic watches. Mm-hmm. I think is perhaps one of the most featured watches in television and movies yeah i think that's i right. see it 
all the time. So this is the Casio the, Arnie watch. The Kindergarten Cop, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gold Dial, Monstrosity. It is everywhere. Just a, just a couple examples mm-hmm. of, of where I've seen it. And these, these are just like what I could pull from memory because I see it regularly. Yeah. And I try to take pictures. It is in Scream. It is in Matthew Lillard wears in Scream, yep, right? Matthew Lillard wears in Scream. It is in Home Alone, as worn by Joe Pesci's character, Harry. It is in The Office. It's it's not a new watch. It stopped production long before The Office began, but Craig Robinson's character, Daryl Philbin, wears an AMW three twenty. A couple photos he, you see him Robinson. you see him wearing a uh, like a Timex uh, sport watch. But in like those are just in like headshot like uh, um, promo photos. I've never seen him wearing anything else in the show. Fairness, I've never watched every episode watching for the watch. Every time I see him wearing a watch, it's the AMW 320. <clears throat> I think it's the most featured watch. I see it all the fucking time, and I always try to take a picture, but that's, that's a 320. Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, Kindergarten Cop. Also, Last Action Hero, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the last... Is it Last Action Heroes? Last Action... Yeah. So it's something it's it, and yeah he wore it in two subsequent movies but it's such a weird watch to pick because it's not iconic it's not expensive it's not particularly attractive mm. i mean i love mine but yeah no it, it's a, it's actually got a really good case shape it's so got it's, a good but it's huge it's 45 millimeters yeah by by like 52 and, I think. and it makes me think that this watch is just in the top drawer of like a handful of prop masters toolboxes. Yeah. Cassio just sent this hey, out to prop no. masters. Here you go. Here you go. Here's 20 of these. Like here's all the new inbox, whatever, do what you will with them. <laughs> we don't even need you to pay us. Just we need to get rid of them. <laughs> and that kind of got me thinking like, and, and you've, I, I don't know how closely you've ever worked with prop masters, but I've read a good handful of interviews with prop masters when choosing watches. Some seem really deliberate. Some kind of just go with the feel of the director and some are like no no no, this character needs to be wearing this watch and i'm I'm curious what your experience has been it sounds like i mean you kind of alluded to it earlier where you're just like hey Mm -hmm. take this piece of shit and and wear it and and be gone but what what have you seen in the deliberateness of prop masters and choosing their watches so uh i think it 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 always depends on the prop master or the wardrobe. Some often the wardrobe is is doing it in commercials or uh, even on film sets. Sometimes, I think a pro- the prop masters know more about the product or the watch or than wardrobe assistants. Wardrobe assistants would just give you a watch that sort of goes with your look. But the prop masters, in general, they give you something that they think fits your character. Mm-hmm. You know, even though even though the watches were like terrible in the Jacques Cousteau film that we wore. They were all period correct. At least there's that. that. Was, there's that. You know, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like the ceramic bezel GMT in um, for all mankind. Yeah. In, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Or like but, Ben Affleck's in. Uh, oh shoot. Doesn't matter. He was he was wearing like a thirty year Ford watch. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah, no. So it, it is. There's nothing worse than when you see an out of out of era watch on someone unless it's an alternate reality but it, it just then you know that the person hasn't done the job you know it's somebody think, screwed up 
Yeah, they don't. It's like when you watch like a, a war film and you go, oh, wow, the plane that they're flying wasn't invented until after the war or, right. or something like that. It takes you out of that suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. But in general, they know this shit. You, you know, and they much. give a shit. Like, I mean, are they? And they that? give a shit. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was. Props that's what I wanted. Are, props masters within within budget constraints, mm-hmm. depending on the film. But props masters are generally like very savvy to what they're doing. There's a lot of research done, like a lot of research. Um, sometimes they slip up, but but generally it's really good. Yeah. You, you know, Andrew can probably back me up on this, but being a fellow in the army, we've got. Uh, or formerly in the army, we've got you know the uniform, Ugh. the the uniform requirements in the military are really specific, right? And I think that ninety eight percent of movies, big budget, it doesn't matter what budget, without respect to budget, ninety eight percent of movies screw up on their portrayal of military uniforms, and it just in. Just miserable ways. In miserable ways. It is really, really frustrating. It's one of those things that it's like, how hard would it be just to have a... You don't even need somebody... like I would do it for free. You just need to have a guy who's been in a line unit in the last 20 years to sort of walk around the set because the things it's super distracting. It's like, this is, this is what, what, what maybe it's so distracting. Like being someone in the military, I'll see these folks and they're like, you know, either like just come off deployment or something, you know, this is an infantry. He was an infantry corporal. And you know, like he, just, he doesn't have corporal rank he, on. He's got, <laughs> he's got like his, you know, his collar is like popped and velcroed, and he doesn't have like a, you know, the proper badging. And this, it's really, it's really minor stuff. But as you know, we've got this really pretty robust population of people who have served. It's such a silly mm. thing. It's it would be so easy to get it right. I, like I said, I would do it for free. And the amount of films that get it wrong. I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I when I say 90 to 95% of films get this wrong. It's so distracting. But you know, it's like there's always going to be a certain number of people that know mm. their shit and can see. It's sort of what drives me crazy about The Great Escape is they're in the middle of Germany. And Steve McQueen's riding a Triumph. Right. A British motorcycle. Right. You know? <laughs> well, he had it smuggled in while he was digging his tunnel. That was an enormous <laughs> endeavor. And it's such a good scene, him hopping the concertina. I mean, come on. This is amazing. It, it is this, but like I'm really, I'm really anal about that stuff and like really a stickler for detail, usually in 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 that kind of regard. And and it just like when I see stuff like that, it's the same thing with the uniforms. It just sort of takes me out. And I'm like, why? Then I start questioning why they did that and why why didn't they just do a little bit of research? It was easier to get right. right than it was to get wrong. Someone yeah. on set was in the military and they know you're fucking this up. Just ask, hey, was anybody in the army in the last 20 years? Just just pull oh. the room, right? Get this right. So I was I was in a period correct World War II TV show for a split second and the military advisor on that was fairly old and I asked people how's it going and whatnot and they were like he's fucking confusing Vietnam with World War II and this was the budget on this was extreme extreme yeah I think he was maybe losing his marbles a bit but 
You, you live that long, exactly though. Well. Like, that guy probably shouldn't even yeah. be hired. <laughs> but also, he wasn't even, like, in active combat ever. He became a... Um, you know, he just got into the movie business yeah. and started uh, fairly famously, you know? So... God, we have a future. Yeah, I know. We should do this. Wait, can you get us work as military advisors? I'll fly to South Africa <laughs> six times a year. I don't care. <laughs> so I've got, I've got to watch. Do I, I've got to watch. Uh, so, so this is... So when I told Brett what I thought this... What, what I think this watch is, he fact-checked me, and I think he now agrees with me. But... Uh, I've got the very first Bond watch as my pick. Oh, it's the Rolex sub? It it is not a Rolex sub. What it is... Speedmaster? Seamaster? Is a Gruen... Gruen? Gruen? Precision 510. This is a 34 millimeter gold filled Gruen dress watch. 17 jewel, nothing fancy. It is the very first watch depicted in Dr. No on Sean Connery's wrist. And it's depicted in that opening casino scene and then later at the airport in Australia. But as soon as Sean Connery gets in the limo, he's got the iconic sub on. But that very first watch and anecdotally in pre-production, Sean Connery is wearing probably his own Gruen Precision, gold-filled, 17-jewel, nothing fancy, 34-millimeter dress watch. And it is, I think, the very first Bond watch. And you can get them for under 1000 So if you want a Bond mm-hmm. watch right now today for under 1000 bucks, go to your eBay, type in Gruen Precision 510, and get yourself the very first Bond watch. How big is it again? 34 like millimeters. 30, these are 34. Yeah. Yeah. These, so these are little watches and, and um, you, you know, so it's a, it's a very sort of, it's a big dial, small bezel, lots of dials. So, pretty. so, so you're going to get, you're, you're going to get that feel of a substantial watch. It's not going to feel like one of those tiny little square, um, one of these square Rolexes or something. It's going to be bigger feeling than that, but it's going to be a diminutive watch, but it's a dress watch, straight lugs. Gorgeous. Totally, totally mm. classic dial, you know, no no nonsense, beautiful, gold-filled. Most of these are gold-filled yeah. dress watch. Available in fantastic condition for 1200 bucks. in any sort of decay under that. A hundred bucks. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but such a cool watch. And a Bond watch. It was probably his watch. And if it likes, I, I think we hear a lot of times people say, I need a dress watch. I need a dress That's watch. That's a good pick. I, well, I need a dress watch. And I want something that's like, oh, well, you can get a Bambino or, you know, you can get this or you can get that. You For get like tank. 400, 500 bucks, you can get this wonderful, classic Swiss movement dress watch. That is also, you can see when people say, oh, that's a that's a pretty little watch. What is that? This is a conversation starter, right? Yeah, it's like, it's a oh, dress watch. It's a Bond watch. Yeah, this is the very first Sean James Connery Bond watch. watch. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that anyone's ever going to ask you about your watch, but maybe if you're wearing a 34 millimeter dress watch, they might. Um, I love this. I love this watch. And I love that I didn't, hear, I hadn't heard about it before today. And I love that when I told the actor... Uh, with an IMDb page. Did we mention that yet this this episode? Oh. We'll, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. 
That when I told the the IMDb paged actor, he didn't even know, right? This is like a this is a great conversation piece. It is a great, great, great conversation piece. It's also the only watch that truly stands out in the Bond watch history. Because today I watched No Time to Die, and I was almost offended <laughs> by how apparent the Omega brand placement was. Mm, really? During the entire movie, it is very clear yeah. that Daniel Craig's cuff is pushed up over and behind mm. his watch. There is almost not a single scene with him visible. Yeah, Omega doesn't fuck around with that. That, man. that, that watch is visible. And I can tell you, as a person who does some physical things with a watch on and typically in long sleeves, that bitch gets covered up pretty easily and pretty quick. Not in not the case of and, and maybe it's because I'm not a secret agent. That's possible, right? And I'm well, I'm very kind of are. I'm open to that possibility. I'm even accepting of that reality. But I can just say some of the things that I watched him do that immediately his shirt cuff was again tucked behind his very clear Omega watch was um, troubling. One hour. So I, Brett, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm probably going to ruin it for you, movies. But every time you see a dinner scene or someone's having a drink or something, just take a look at the labels on all the cans or everything is always turned unless camera. it's netflix and then it's budweiser branded what up yeah <laughs> it's so annoying it is it's like it's really annoying it's and the, Alan, the reality yeah. of the economics yeah because the they didn't thing. buy yeah. it but they omega paid them and they get they get their yeah, screen it's like the pierce brosnan bond film the one it was like the most product placement in any film at the time you know everything yeah. was branded and it's just sort of we get it you know yeah you, yeah. you know, it, it it takes money to do things, and that's one of the ways to get money to do the things. I'm not going to yeah. buy an Omega because of James Bond, though. Buy I'm, some other things. I might Bond. buy an Omega because of James Bond. Okay, now... I might buy, I might buy a Gruyen because of James Bond. Yeah, yeah there it is. And because Just of my, you. Yeah, yeah. I'll take responsibility because of for that. Yeah. So now one hour and six minutes in, Andrew, 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 other things... What do you got? I have forgotten what my other thing is, but let me scroll and I will get to it. So we're scrolling. We're Here it is. scrolling. I had to run through my tabs. So um, this is adjacent to a television show we've already talked about. My other thing this week is 1883. It is the prequel to Yellowstone. And I started watching. It's a, it's a Paramount Plus available you can watch it on amazon prime at least here where we are i don't recall how many episodes are out it says there's 10 episodes they're not all out i think there's four episodes out maybe five they're slow rolling them they're slow they're they're slow releasing which is something i don't appreciate with streaming services give me them all i want to binge them because you know they're all out they're all done yes yeah don't fuck my god (laughs) it (laughs) bugs me uh, Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill are the people you're going to immediately recognize. Everyone else is going to look familiar. I was I started this because I was like, ah, I heard, and I liked Yellowstone a lot. What could be wrong with a prequel? I was a little bit hesitant with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Yeah. 
As you should be. Right, as you should be, because they're country singers. They're not actors. It's not 1998. Anymore. No, it's not. And you're not listening to music in your pickup truck. I'm not. Didn't have a pickup truck in 1998. I wasn't old enough. But (laughs) this show is terrific. Mm. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill hold up. Unbelievable. Right, unbelievable. Actually unbelievable. as a standalone commentary, <laughs> Tim McGraw and Faith Hill hold up. Sam Elliott is obviously a the goat, perhaps. Goat. I think 1883 stands to perhaps be better than Yellowstone because Yellowstone's kind of gotten to this point where they have to force some drama, right? It's the modern era. Yeah, You're a cattle ranger. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to force a lot of drama on the Oregon Trail right? Cholera, rattlesnakes, Indians, they sort of do the shit for you, right? You don't have to force the drama. It just kind of occurs as, as the course of life. But this show is so good. I came in with relatively low expectations, high hopes, low expectations. Hopes were met. It's fun. It's well acted. The story's well written. It's got the drama you expect without being excessively forced. There's going to be some forced drama, right? Because you can't just have rattlesnakes and cholera as mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. as your uh i mean you can you could right but that i don't know it's not a particularly exciting time well, i mean especially you got tim and well, Faith. well i don't know it's a survival show right like survivor is on for 25 years and is still running strong right so so maybe there's something there. i watch every episode i love it but it's worth a watch it's on so there's four or five episodes available on prime through paramount plus i don't know what paramount plus is exactly but apparently i have a subscription for it <laughs> I don't know if I pay for it, but I, I have it. Paramount CBS, right? Per, no, it's a standalone television. Like when I was looking at this to make it another thing, it's a standalone app on my TV. Give it a watch. If you've liked Yellowstone at all, if you like Westerns at all, if you like Sam Elliott at all, if you like decent acting and good drama at all, this is a, a good watch. I'm in. Yeah. I, I've never seen Yellowstone, but um, do watch Yellowstone. It is uh, the Sopranos set in modern Montana. I haven't watched the Sopranos. Fuck. If you like good drama, me. <laughs> <laughs> if you like good drama, Yellowstone's for you. I think we had time to scrap this episode and record something else. Yeah, we're gonna have to find someone new. <laughs> I can't believe you right now, Brett. I can't believe you. I've got another I'm sorry. thing. Do me. So I, I, you, I Brett. <laughs> I <laughs> I teased this last week. Uh, I I had my Logitech MX Master Mouse three. He did. He gave us just the tip. I gave you just the tip, and I said I've got a follow on other thing for next week. So, I, when I bought my new mouse, I also decided that I wanted a new. So I was using this old mouse pad. Like a serious like 1990s neoprene. Like be all you can be army recruiting one. Yeah, really (laughs) terrible. And, you know, it was like sort of like, like started like getting shiny. And then like there was parts of it that like had like some unidentified white, you know, and I was like, I know I could identify that white. It's time. It's time. (laughs) It's time. You know, let's, let's get a. Mousepad, but you know, some some of you guys remember, I recently got a new keyboard, uh, and so I was like, well, maybe if I get something, well, I kind of want something. So I so I go to Amazon as you do, and I start looking at mouse pads, and or or like desk pads, right? So so I'm thinking something long. Yeah, you are. 
you know, sort of narrow, decent girth. Yeah, exactly. And I start finding these, all these like very highly rated on Amazon desk pads. And they're all like TPU or or like pleather. And uh, I actually had one in the cart and I was about ready to order one of these, you know, 33,000 reviews, four plus stars. You know, people buy this thing and they like it and it does not everything. But there were, I had this moment where I was like, no, Everett, you like nice things. You could do better. You can do better. And so I decided I'm going to keep my 15 bucks, delete from cart, and I'm going to spend way more yeah. on something that is not any better. And so uh, I found something that was way more money and practically pragmatically speaking not any better exactly the same but definitely better <laughs> <laughs> i found a company in portland called grove made and so this is a company that's very close to us um, but is a, a company with national renown they're a small team of sort of they, they make you feel like they're artisan makers but um in any event they have three distinct lines of desk mats they do They've got a, like their high end, like sort of bench crafted leather, which are pretty expensive. You know, we're talking about hundreds of dollars. They've got their felt, felted wool. Fuck they are. <laughs> um, desk mats. And their, their lower range, which are all under. The merino wool would be really nice. It, yeah. It's like a felted merino wool. Supposedly yeah. they're nice. But they also have a natural linoleum. So cork backed natural linoleum. And I was like, oh, the price on these is what I'm looking for. So I think I paid 40 bucks for the medium-sized desk mat. And You're going to wish you bought the large for 80 I didn't really know. Well, I did. I, I sort of measured my desk and figured out what size I needed. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. So I'm kind of spending, I'm spending three times more on this thing than the 33,000 four-plus star Amazon review um, is this going to be worth it? The answer is no, obviously, but, but also yes. So I get this thing. It is very sort of Did you get black or Navy. I, I went with the Navy. Okay. Uh, it makes you, you get this thing and it's just like well packaged. Like it's a, it's a roll of sort of butcher paper, but then you lay it out. The linoleum is fantastic. So natural linoleum, I think they make linoleum with like <coughs> wood pulp and mm-hmm. linseed oil. Basically That's what it says. Yeah. Did it have any memory issue when you it unrolled did. it? It was just open. It was about two days okay. before it sat flat. Now it sits flat and I set my coffee cup on it. It's got no rings. Um, and I guess over time that might happen. But I got this thing and it just feels nice. It was exactly what I wanted. It was exactly what I wanted. It's a nice thing. It's not functionally any better than anything you could get for 15 bucks on Amazon. So I'm not telling you to get this because you'll have a better experience. But... You will feel way cooler, way more uh, snooty when you roll your mouse around on this thing. They do a good job uh, with on their on their product page demonstrating the scale yeah. of the pad against monitors and a keyboard and a mouse. You know, the other thing they do is they provide all your dimensions. So if you have a tape measure, you can sort of measure your desk, and they have a, a quite a few different sizes too. So they've got like they got four sizes: medium, medium plus, large, small, and you know you you can figure out what size you need. For me, I found a size that was actually almost exactly perfect for what I needed it for. And yeah, like I said, this is just a 
fucking desk mat. But I got it and I was instantly gratified. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. I want a merino one. I don't even have purpose for I don't have an office. <laughs> you could put it on the like on the dash of your patrol car. I just get one of the dash mats for that. <laughs> no one shares my car. That's this is like a miracle has occurred. I typically you typically share a car with three other people. You have a day, like for your side of the week, you have a day car partner. And on the other side of the week, two other people use your car. No one uses my car. Like hot bunking. Yeah, I'm the only person who doesn't who who uses this car. No hot racking for me. My my seat is always perfectly adjusted. My mirrors are always perfectly adjusted. My phone is the only one that's the Bluetooth saved to it, so I don't have to search for my fucking phone when I get in the car. It's awesome. Aside, Brett, what have you got for other things? For other things, so I started running, which is not a big feat. I've never been a runner. I've I've always yeah, been slow. Tell. And then you've been a yeah, surfer though. You're an athletic looking dude. If you guys haven't seen this guy, he's felt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He looks um, just like Magnum PI. I'd say really close. He I, just wears t-shirts instead of um, Hawaiian shirts. Also no penis exactly. shirt today. Yes. I, I specifically didn't wear the penis shirt today. Um, <laughs> I actually asked them why they've changed their logo to horizontal rather than vertical. And they were like, oh, it's just uh, just something we changed. Just a you design know? aesthetic. It had nothing to do yeah, with looking like you were say- getting attacked by a penis. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't want to say it because it looks like you've got a you know, dick in your mouth almost. It's like it just is like a design thing. But I mean, you couldn't see the whole print no even with it's the whole just... print i linked to it and I, if you haven't looked at our show notes for it did you see the pic yeah i showed you the picture there yeah. it was like two guys like one sitting in the other guy's lap wearing the dick in your uh, mouth it was that's a thing it's weird they're they're an amazing brand mommy water they're they're freaking cool so okay so i started running and um i've got some really shitty asics kind of like gym shoes and i managed to do three kilometers on my first run. I don't know what that is in miles, but I didn't die. Like you I just wasn't... ran, like walked out the door, strapped him up and ran. Yeah. My friend was like, Hey, do you want to come running with my girlfriend and I? And I was like, yeah, okay. And my whole thing this year is to say yes to things. You know, that's my sort of new year's resolution or initiative to say yes. So I <laughs> went running. I wasn't but... out of breath. Yeah. Well, within reason, <laughs> within reason. Um, and yeah, shit, I ran like three Ks and I was like, this is actually cool. I can do this. So I bought some Mizuno running shoes and I tried them out and they just like, didn't work for me. So I took them back because I had seven days and I bought some Sorconi Peregrine 11s, which are uh, a trail running shoe because we've got loads of trails around uh, the mountainside here. They've got power run cushioning for a fast and responsive ride. And that's spelled P-W-R run. Um, They've got loads of grip. They've got like a, um, I think it's a carbon fiber rock protector in the middle of the shoe. Mm. They're super comfortable, uh, which is, you know, if you're ever into running, you have to try your shoes on because everybody's feet are different. Uh, They're so light and they just make me want to run more. I ran another three Ks yesterday, uh, but I've been running up in the, in Newlands Forest, which is a trail area, which is really like stunning. And I go with my girlfriend and her four dogs. Uh, yeah. So um, I, they're like $170 over here. I don't know what they are in the States. I got the red and red and navy because 
I think they're pretty dope and colorful. And they'll stand out in yeah, the forest should you fall. Yeah, exactly. If I die or my feet stick out of the brush, you'll find me. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to color, use though. them. <laughs> That's a good color. It is a dope color. It is, isn't it? So I think it's about 120 in the U.S. I actually did. I did a 40 I miler. I did from, a, from Saucony online. 100 bucks right 100, now. 100 bucks. I did a 40 miler last summer, and I did wow. the first half yeah, on of purpose. my 40 miler in a pair of Peregrine Tens, which is a great shoe. Uh, yeah. it, it's interesting you say super light. They were actually, by several ounces, the heavier of the two shoes I wore. Uh, I think they're actually kind of a little bit of a heavy shoe, but they are, they're, they're low. So it's not like a, it's the low midsole is pretty thin. And so the lift is not that high. That's right. That's right. So, so kind of a low drop, um, which is nice for the front half of a 40 miler. Um, it's a great shoe, great rock plate. Uh, like you said, um, yeah, for, for running trails, I think it's a great shoe. See, yeah. See, and, and, and they're this. affordable. The, the second half of yeah. that run, I wore a much more expensive shoe, um, because I wanted the cushioning, but the, the price point there, that hundred, you know, hundred to $120 USD is a really nice price point for a running shoe. So the Mizunos that I used originally, I tried I tried them out for like two runs, and the the drop on that is well, there's a lot more sponge under your heel, and I just found it was like it, it was it was it was difficult to run in. Super comfortable shoe, like amazing. I think on a on a flat road, those shoes would be incredible. But I love the Peregrines. It's I know you find them heavy. It's just that my calves are a lot stronger than yours. Yeah, no, that's um, true. That's, so I don't feel it. He's uh, so much more. Smart. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the surfing. Yeah. And I've lost weight. I'm like I'm getting even more svelte. I know you're. Uh, you were looking really good. It's hard to imagine. Have we said am, that yet? Yeah, <laughs> don't make me blush. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know as much about running as as you. I mean, forty miles to me sounds like like a death march. Yeah, that is. That's when you get lost. That's that's why you would run forty miles is you missed like a turn. Yeah. yeah, that's grueling, man. Grueling. There's a there's a South African runner who was dared to run a marathon by his friends, and they got. They got wasted the night before, right? And he did it and he won. And he was like, oh, I can run. And now he's like a desert runner. That's horrifying. So have you heard yeah. of the Comrades Marathon? Yes. Yeah. So there's a super famous, one of the most famous ultra marathons in the world. Yeah. I think it's 90 kilometers. That's it's far. In South Africa. And, and not only is it far, but it is incredibly hilly yeah i think you there's two yeah. major summits yeah. um and it's one of those races that anybody who does ultra marathons is like someday i'm gonna go to south africa and do comrades and then nobody actually does because it's like the most terrible run of the world but you yeah, you if you if you've got it's it in your backyard to, yeah i mean hey I, guys thanks for that 90k yeah. is like you could drive yeah. the course I don't know, sixty I do. miles or something. Yeah. You could do it. I, when I go surfing, I think I drive. I drive a lot of the course. <laughs> it is the the hill. I mean, I drive up the one hill where my son lives. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah, my <laughs> it, my car starts rolling backwards. But um, <laughs> but but I know that the side the Argus Cycle Tour. The guys do the Argus Cycle Tour, and when they get to that hill, it's like it. It's not even that far. 
it's not even the distance of the hills not even that far but the incline is so hectic that everybody like struggles with it it's yeah. really intense um yeah our our terrain is not flat at all it's all very like down and up and it's weird when you start running you really feel those like small inclines yeah You're like, i didn't degree, realize there was a hill here yeah i've driven this a hundred times it seems so flat yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a danish there's a the, uh in, in no the norwegian army they have a test where they put you on a um you have to walk in full pack at seven kilometers an hour which is right in between walking speed and jogging speed so you're just you want to run but you can't mm. and then every 15 minutes they incline it up i think it's like nine degrees and th- uh, the record is 30 minutes what is that it's like four and a half miles so, it's, yeah yeah i've done some it's because of the walking speed it kills yeah. you like because you can't run it yeah you're just constantly like on on the edge of like trotting to run and <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really horrible to watch andrew's done but, more yeah. marching than i've I done have, some but we've, miserable underweight we've both done some weighted uh, ruck marches events. and it's brutal yeah really yeah. you've done a lot more of that than i have yeah well in the army or yeah yeah in the army no, i wouldn't do it on purpose anymore <laughs> like i i did it because i was i was told to do it and and threatened with consequences should i not do it yeah yeah well wow at at an hour and 24 minutes in this is a bad time to be compared with the joe rogan experience so i think i think we should call it i think we we got hours left in us i'm telling you i got (laughs) i don't have unlimited beer but there's still more we do not want to get pulled from uh brett anything you want to add about for all mankind Uh, the watch uh, industry, actually, anything at all? Yeah, cool. I just have one little thing for Andrew. There's a show called Godless that I think you should watch. Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, that's yeah. the uh, the cartel one. The and yeah, no, no, the no. Western. Godless is a Western. Yep. Oh, you've watched it. Okay, okay. But for anybody else, if they like westerns, it's it's fantastic. It's like it's a good show. I'm not going to yes. go into it. Just watch it. It's like Jeff Daniels, maybe at his peak. It, it perhaps eclipses newsroom. Yeah. Yes, totally. I no, think so too. You're not going to recommend it to me. No, he said, fuck you Everett. Yeah, <laughs> it feels a little weird. <laughs> you have a podcast about watches. <laughs> yeah. to you. I like West. You could watch it too. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to, I see this is it. This is getting awkward. Uh, Andrew, anything else you want to add? I'm a lot of things, man. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 at Watch Clicker. You can check Brett out at Tool Watch Co. Check out his Arctic Explorer or Arctic Field Watch. Field. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. 30, yes, the uh, Arctic Field Watch. I just said the wrong word. I just That's said the wrong okay. word. I won't, I'm not going to hold it against you. If you want to check out the Watch Clicker, weekly content, articles, reviews, and every single episode of this podcast, you can do that at watchclicker.com. We want to thank Notice Watches for supporting this episode of 40 and 20. You can go to the Notice website right now, buy any watch on the website, and get 10% off by using the code CLICKER at checkout until March 1st. If you want to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's how we get all the money that we need for hosting and hardware software etc we'd love Thank to have you actors exactly and don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye <laughs>